3: And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We'd like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California and New Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. And from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the Temple Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Caliph for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind, have been dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans, Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes, and should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today, we are commemorating Memorial Day, a day set aside to honor the many men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. The church choir in the direction of Emilia Hahn will start off today's telecast with the song In Remembrance of Me. They will be accompanied by Edith Masuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. In remembrance of the supreme sacrifice of our Lord and Savior who died on the cross of Calvary, we take the Lord's Supper. The bread as a token for His body that was sacrificed on the cross, and the drink as a token for His blood that was shed so that we all may have the promise of eternal life. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen. The church band, under the direction of George Schroeder, will play the song entitled, It Is Well With My Soul. The Lord is our comforter and our refuge that we can turn to when the storms of life come our way. He is there to lead and guide us and lift us up from the depths of despair. Our Lord and Savior is only a prayer away. <laughs> Christy Hahn will give the Lord all the praises and glory singing the spirit-inspired song, Wonderful Peace. Doing her background music will be a trustee associate pastor, Evans Spokes Sr., Mason Sound Scene of the Guitars, associate pastor Marvila Bing on the Bass, Iris Locke on the drums, and yours, Julie on the piano. The Lord is our inspiration that motivates us to move forward and put our shoulders to the gospel. World. No matter what the test, He provides us with the wonderful peace in fathomless billows of love. As we cast all our cares into his hands, he is there to lead and guide us to the land flowing with milk and honey.
0: Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight Was a melody sweeter than song Celestial like strains, it unceasingly falls. Or my soul, like an infinite
2: call.
0: Peace, peace, wonderful. A treasure I have in this wonderful peace, very deep in the heart of my soul. So secure that no power can mine it away. While the years of eternity. i am resting tonight in this wonderful peace resting sweetly in jesus control for i'm kept from all danger by night and by day and his glory is flooding my soul coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. And methinks when I rise to that city of peace, where the author of peace I shall see. That's one strain of the song which the ransom will sing in that heavenly kingdom shall be our soul without comfort or rest, marching down the rough pathway of time. Make Jesus your friend, ere the shadows grow dark, oh, accept this sweet peace so sublime. Peace coming down from the far.
3: The church choir will now perform their final number for today entitled, Remind Me, Dear Lord. Yes, viewers, we must never forget the many benefits of our Lord and Savior bestows upon us. He provides us with blessings and loving cares deeply for us. So lift up your hands and thank and praise the Lord for all that He has done, is doing, and going to do. What a wonderful Lord we have. And now we are blessed to hear from just Jesus, Pastor Sr., who give the Lord all the praise and glory with the song, In the Garden. Our Lord and Savior set a prime example for us to follow us as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Prayers are the recognition with our Lord and Savior and brings comfort to our souls. It is prayer that moves the mighty hand of God that moves the whole world. The daughters of Judah will now blend their voices to the uplifting song titled, Heavenly Home. Our Lord instructs us to be ready for his second coming, for in the twinkling of an eye, he will recall and return to come up hither. To those who have blood washed, water washed, spirit filled, and walking in the light of God. Soon and very soon he will call us to his heavenly home. Here's some comforting words to the song. Heavenly home, happy home. Never sigh or sorrow come. Alleluia, songs we raise. raised. Joy is eternal, endless praise. Joy is eternal, endless praise. At this time, it is a great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a faithful couple in Christ, who is none other than Mr. and Mrs. George and Terry Summers. May the Lord continue to strengthen and pour forth his bountiful blessings upon you both as you put your shoulders to the gospel wheel. Your labor of love is not in vain in the sight of the Lord. We pray that you will have a wonderful Sunday.
1: Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience. Especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8. to 7 a.m. on Station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on Station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work, and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m., and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m., except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okamakee Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches, as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Law in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. San Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balugo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services. Regardless of church affiliations, there are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program to Hit Pastor Billy Hunt, Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy?
3: Thank you, Melvin. The many correspondence we receive from our viewing audience often convey warmth encouragement in sport. The generous donations you have enclosed have helped to maintain these weekly telecasts. As a result of our telecast and your support, souls have been coming to the Apostolic Faith Churches here and on the neighbor islands to accept Jesus as their personal Savior by entering the water of baptism. Because seeing souls saved is a major priority in the gospel work, we feel that it is imperative to use our time, energy, and expenses to bring you sermons such as the one I am presenting this morning, entitled, Thy prayers have come up as a memorial. Memorial Day is a day set aside in America for honoring the members of the armed forces who have died in defending the freedom enjoyed by all Americans and those who have fled their native lands to take advantage of the opportunities and privileges found only in America, the beautiful, the land of the free, and home of the brave. As we go back, the day originated during the Civil War, when a Virginia woman of French descent, accompanied by others, decorated the graves of both Union and Confederate soldiers. Many think she chose May 3rd because on that date Napoleon's body was returned to France from the island St. Helena. Therefore, we find that Memorial Day is one of the most glorious and sacred of American patriotic holidays. In May 1868, John Jenny A. Logan, commander-in-chief of the Guard of the Army of the Republic, proclaimed that this day be utilized for decorating the graves of the Union soldiers. In the beginning, it was called Decoration Day. Memorial Day is also observed by parades and loved ones placing flowers on the graves of those who have died. Ceremonies are also held at the grave of the unknown soldier in the National Cemetery at Arlington, Virginia. In France, graves of American soldiers who fought in World War I and II are decorated by both French and Americans. Thanks be to God for the freedom we enjoy because others fought and died to make our freedom secure. One day, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper. While Simon, his family, and Jesus were there, a woman came in with an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, which was the most costly oil then in existence. Mary broke the narrow neck of the small flask in order to pour the perfume on the head of Jesus. Some of those at the table were indignant about her actions. In John, we find that it was Judas Iscariot who began the murmuring. We read in John 12:6, "This is he said, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and was bare of what was put therein.'" Jesus tells us in Mark 14, 7 to 9, For ye have the poor with you always, and ye, whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me, ye have not always. She had done what she could. She has come aforehand, to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I sent to you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she had done shall be spoken of her for a memorial of her. The deed of Mary after 1900 years is still full of fragrance. The story of her love and devotion had spread all over the face of the earth. Speaking about memorial reading Acts 10 one to two, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to people and prayed to God always. Cornelius, a Roman centurion, was a Gentile. Gentiles were despised by the Jews who considered them as outcasts, away from God, and not privileged to enjoy his blessings. About 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he saw a vision from God. And an angel came and said, Cornelius, thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. And I'll send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. Now the Lord was working with Peter while he was praying at 12 noon. He became hungry and would have eaten, but he fell into a trance. Reading read 11 15 verses, and saw so heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners, and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is uncommon, that is common or unclean. In the law of Moses, the Israelites were commanded that they not eat of certain unclean animals. Peter always obeyed this law, but God was trying to teach him a lesson, which he eventually learned. However, Peter doubted this vision. When God asked his children to do his bidding, he goes before and prepares a way. That is why those who do his will can never go astray. While Peter thought on the vision, three men came to him from Cornelius and explained why they were there. The next day, they journeyed to Caesarea to meet Cornelius. As we read the 25th, 26th verses, And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. And Peter took him, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And Peter told Cornelius, It is unlawful for a Jew to keep company with one of another nation. But God showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Then Peter opened his mouth and spoke. Let us read verses 34, 35, 38, and 39. Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And we are witness of all things which did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, and whom they slew and hang on a tree. Notice that all of the disciples, not just those who had seen the Lord Jesus in body, we're to be witnesses of the things which were told. And Peter preached in power and the mission of the Holy Spirit. Reading 43, and 44 verses, to him that is Jesus, give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Remission means the pardon of forgiveness. The only condition whosoever believeth in him, not them. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard Thus we see the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius received the Holy Spirit immediately when they believed and spoke with tongues just as the Jews did on the day of Pentecost before they were baptized in Jesus' name. There was a special reason for giving the Gentiles the sign of speaking in tongues as a proof that they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receiving the same sign which was first given to the Jews was as proof to the Jews that God had accepted the Gentiles just as He had accepted the Jewish believers at Pentecost. Now the Jewish believers were astonished because the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit like the Jews did. Then answered Peter in the 47, 48 verses, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Thus you find this was a wonderful working miracle and as a memorial unto God effected through the prayers of Cornelius. The Holy Spirit will not save anyone, but the name of Jesus will. It was Jesus who shed His blood on the cross for the sins of the world. And only in the name of Jesus can one receive remission of sins. He is the lone Savior for this lost and dying world. Thus we see the church at Philippi, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, and the church of Galatia were baptized into Christ. Reading Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The Colossians were buried with him in baptism too. Listen to Colossians two twelve. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. We read in John three, five. Verily, verily I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born of water? To be born of water is to be immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ. According to Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to speak in an unknown tongue or language which is the only verification of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ without exception. Why is the name of Jesus Christ so important, you ask? Acts 4. twelve instructs us. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is a name which is above every name in heaven and in earth, and whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Naturally there is a burning question of many today as to the use of Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The truth is there is not one record of an apostle baptizing a convert, repeating the words in Matthew twenty eight, nineteen. The name Jesus must be mentioned to fulfill all righteousness. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are merely titles. There is no promise of remission of sins or the promise of the Holy Ghost or the gift of healing in Matthew 28:19. The word name is in the singular, not plural. And His name is Jesus. As you read in Colossians 2, 9, For in Him, that is Christ Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Again, to make certain, Paul says in Colossians 3, 17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. You are not slighting the Father, but giving glory to Him through the name of Jesus Christ. When you are baptized according to Acts 2, you are fulfilling Matthew 28:19 by being baptized in the name, not Titus. We also refer to 1 John 2:22 and 23, who is alive but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. There are three manifestations, but one true God. Now we focus on another memorial that we still observe, the Passover, or what is termed today as the Lord's Supper. The Passover is a type of Christ our Redeemer. We read in Luke 22, 7-8, then came the day of the unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. We find that the Passover, the last supper, was held in the upper room, where the 120 tarot for the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Read the 15, 16 verses. And he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not eat any more, more eat thereof, until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. This was the last true Passover. The Passover celebrated God's deliverance of His people from the power and bondage of Egypt. Hence, the Lord gave a new memorial supper, the Lord's Supper, the purpose of which was to remember Him and show His death until He came again. This was a memorial of a more wonderful deliverance, the deliverance of the sinner from the bondage and power of sin and the devil. Here also He took His people out from the Old Covenant of the Old Testament into the New. As you read in the 20th verse, Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. The disciples met together on the first day, Sunday, for their worship and breaking of bread. On Saturday, the Lord Jesus lay in the tomb. On Sunday, he arose triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave. Reading read in Acts 27. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 16 to 17. The cup of the blessing which we bless is not a communion of the body of blood of Christ. The bread which we break is not a communion of the body of Christ. For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. This refers to the commemoration of the Lord's Supper, in which the cup and bread which we break expresses the true union of all believers and speak of the Savior's blood shed and his body given for us all. We continue with reading verses 21, 22. He cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? Definitely not. This verse speaks of separation. We read 2 Corinthians 6, 17 to 18. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and he shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. The context proves that this refers to separation from all which is unclean, that is, unholy things, and evil people, that is one side separation. But the Christian is also to be separated, but to God. A person living in the world cannot live entirely apart from the evil in the world. After all, we are not yet born in heaven, but a Christian must refuse to participate in anything that is evil. It was the world which crucified the Christian Savior. Not until the Christian lives, that truly separated life, can we have full fellowship with God, His heavenly Father, and not until then will His servants bear fruit for the Lord. Listen to 1 Corinthians 11:20. 20. When they come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. The early Christians held a love feast before the Lord's Supper, and the food they each bought was shared by all. Some were greedy, selfish, however, and this caused a bad spirit for the remembrance feast which followed. Partaking of the Lord's Supper is in remembrance of His precious blood, shed for the remission of sins. The Lord's Supper should be partaken only by those whose faith is in Christ, and it is to continue until He comes. We read verses 26-28, For as often as he eat this bread and drink this cup, he do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. This feast is the second ordinance of the church. The first is baptism. It is a very thing, a serious thing to take the Lord's Supper. If there is something wrong between you and God, as it tells us in verses 31 32, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. This means that all true born-again believers must examine themselves and confess their sins before God, that they may be put away, and escape judgment. Some years ago, General MacArthur made a speech and quoted the old army song, Old Soldiers Never Die. But I'm not here to talk about the general, but of another soldier in the Lord, a soldier of the cross. He's the Apostle Paul. He realized he had but a short time left because he would soon die. But he knew his soul, his spirit, the real Paul, would live forever with Jesus. Yes. Old soldiers in the Lord never die, they live forever. There was a time Paul hated Jesus and the cross and he fought against Christianity. But one day, the captain of his salvation stopped him on the dusty Damascus road and spoke to him. We read in Acts 9, three to six. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonishment, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now the men that were with him heard the voice as he saw but did not hear the voice articulating the words, Saul, Saul, and so forth. And then the Lord spoke to Ananias. We read in eleven, twelve verses, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and had seen a vision and a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Paul was a chosen vessel for the Lord and suffered greatly for his name's sake. Ananias laid hands on Paul and he was filled with the Holy Ghost and was baptized. From that day on, he became the greatest and most effective soldier Jesus ever had. Paul said a soldier in the Lord must not entangle himself with the affairs of this life. As we read in 2 Timothy 2:4, no man that worth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. That's the trouble too many saints are mixed up with the things of this world. Yes viewers, when you are too busy to do something for God, you are busier than God wants you to be. Put Jesus first in your life and everything else will fall in line. A good soldier must endure hard times as Paul did and like Paul, rejoice in his suffering for Christ's sake. Paul's life was marked by the highest loyalty to his great commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ. Read in 2 Timothy 4:7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Will you be able to say that at the end like Paul? I have fought a good fight. I hope so. Paul goes on to say, I have finished my course. Life is just like a race track. Paul laid aside every weight and every besetting sin and ran the race with patience. God has a course for you to run also. And you ought to say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Good question. There's so much to do in the house of the Lord and so little time in which to do it. Next, Paul says, I have kept the faith. Can we say that when our time comes? Jesus tells in Matthew 24, 14, but he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Finally, Paul says, the time of my departure is at hand, and I am ready to be offered. He knew he was not going to die a natural death, but that he would be slain. So it was time to hoist the anchor and move out over the ocean. When a ship sails out of one harbor it anchors in another. Paul knew when he moved out of this life, he would cross the ocean of death and anchor his soul forever in the holy city of God. And if you would like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, is your host, head pastor, Billy Han, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you we have allowed us to come to your homes may the good lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands we now call upon the church band to conclude today's telecast with the song by his stripes we are healed